You want to be hardcore, you want to be extreme. Well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes. And please be drunk when you hear it. It's a drunk podcast. I can rim like a motherfucker. You already saw my Sullivan in San Diego. He got a golden shower. Bundy just fucking cream pied Albano. I've been drunk. I've never been cum drunk. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ, dude. That's a good one, huh? That's strong. That is strong. I think I've outdone myself this season. I've been drunk, but I've never oh. been cum drunk. <laughs> wow. Now, now that I was actually to, said on this show. you got to relive that memory for the entire season. Now. And when I said that, I think you were the one who said that's totally a line for the next uh, intro. <laughs> How do you not? Right? It's it got to be no brainer. to you. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. just like... Uh, our uh, last uh, season premiere, we're already laughing at the new intro, and uh, it's so f- and it's uh, very fitting. Uh, hello, uh, what's up, drunk marks, drunk marquettes? Welcome to our season three premiere of Drunk Wrestling History. Woo! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It is Shake the season it. three premiere. And I made that intro like a week ago, and Scott and Adam hadn't heard it until right now, just like we did last season. I was like, nope, you guys, Scott wanted me to send it to him last week. I was like, nah, dude, you get it. you'll hear it on the show. Dick. Yeah. It's now a tradition, so we're going to live with it. Love but, it. Uh, yeah. So if, you, uh, so if you're one of the people who skips it every week, uh, rewind it a couple uh, minute or so. <laughs> yeah, just so you can hear come drunk. <laughs> In all its glory. Right, or cream pie Albano. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're gonna be reliving that for an entire year uh hello everybody my name is adam i am your designated host for drunk wrestling history of course uh we have our uh intro editors galore <laughs> and uh they are better known as our drunk wrestling historians this is eddie let us drink till thine asses are drunk <laughs> Well done. Okay, how long did it take you to come up with that one? Oh, uh, last time I watched Your Highness. Excellent. And this is Scott providing education through inebriation. <laughs> Very good. I, I thought that uh, your saying would be, I'm pissed as a cricket. That's going to be oh. like, it, it, it's going to be. I'm going to use that one for like half okay. the season. And then I'll switch over to Pissed as a Cricket for like the second half of the season. Yeah, that's a good one. So sweeps week, then uh, throwing it in. Got it. (laughs) Correct, yes. (laughs) There you go. All right. Uh, Welcome everyone to our show. Thank you for listening to our show. Whether this this is your first time or you are dedicated uh, now with us for two complete seasons, thank you for joining us. Really means a lot that you have stuck with us on this ridiculous show. But we're going to continue the ridiculousness uh, as long as you uh, keep uh, having a cold one in hand and keep being the wrestling fans that you are. We'll definitely provide the entertainment. And we definitely have that uh, planned for you today. Uh, first off, uh, 
I'm sure for a special episode like this, you have some drinks in hand. What do you have today? I started with a little <laughs> bit of um, started with a little bit of Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey. Right now, I'm drinking a little bit of Campari on the rocks, and I have uh, what is this? This uh, Mamba Mentality Hazy IPA that Adam got me on standby. And in case I finish that, I've got a couple uh, White Claws uh, sitting next to me. Wow, about to get white girl drunk. We'll see. <laughs> So I'm sticking with traditional uh, blackened and water. My drink of choice, I will have some Kiss Cherry Cola on the rocks. Good nice. choice, Adam. Oh, yeah. It's a it's an anniversary episode. It, this is going to be sweet. Special occasion. So really quickly, Adam, before we get into the episode, um, I had a couple quick notes, but I lost said notes, apparently. I can't find them on my phone. So uh, thing to do. So yeah, we're so off to a good start this season. Yeah, so there will be no notes tonight. Um, but one thing I do want to mention is if you listen to this on YouTube, our YouTube blew up over the last few weeks. And I That's found right. out it's because suddenly we're being recommended at the end of other videos. We actually got recommended. <laughs> the Hogan episode got recommended at the end of Jim Cornette's Hogan episode, which he did like a month after we did. I'm um, honored. So suddenly, really? our, yeah, so our YouTube subscriber count went, I mean, it's not crazy, but it's like more than doubled in the last couple of weeks. If you guys listen to this on YouTube, if you don't know, we are on all the podcast platforms too. So um, if that's where you want, if YouTube's what works for you, great. But if it's easier for you, for you to listen on Apple or Spotify or whatever, iHeartRadio, we're on all those too. So just a quick note for you guys. Um, also, thanks for becoming subscribers. And thanks for everyone over the last two years who left us reviews, um, retweeted us, all of that. Uh, you know, everything you guys have... The show's gotten way bigger than I think I ever thought it would have, and it's because of you guys. And um, keep up the good work, and thank you. And if you do watch it on YouTube, please make sure to like it, um, because from what I understand, that helps with it getting recommended more. So as the millennial on the screen, say, you smash do- that like button. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's on the screen. Just hit that button. Yeah. Um, and those of you who listen to us on the other on uh, iTunes anyway and haven't left us a review, well. What have you been doing for two years? Right. Come on. Get on there. Are you done kissing their ass yet? That's all I got to say about that. All right. <laughs> two, let's, let's get... two years worth. The show is old enough to walk, and now we're too old to breastfeed on this show. Still shitting our pants, though. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> That's also a drunk thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We've all been there. <laughs> Four hours, no. <laughs> four hours season premiere. Just pee pee. We are gonna do a very drunk thing. Uh, we are going to redo an episode. <laughs> Remix. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and explain it. Go for um, it. Our first taping would have been a little more than uh, right around two years ago. It was yeah. actually well a little less because it was just after Halloween and today is October fourteenth or some shit. It was November um, of twenty nineteen. Yeah, early November 2019, we did our first set of tapings. I forgot my microphone. Yeah, we didn't really put much thought into it. I kind of told Adam like two days before what we were going to talk about or whatever, just that week. Mm -hmm. It was WrestleMania 4. Well, that was one of them. Scott and I didn't go back and watch it. It never at the time occurred to us to actually watch the show. Actually, I did. (laughs) Oh, well, it didn't occur to me and you didn't suggest it to me. Well, so we didn't have a podcasting seriously, apparently. Well, you were more experienced than I was, but um, this is true. Still, we're podcast yeah. novices. 
Well, you should have said yeah. something. Um, so it was just completely haphazardly thrown together. We didn't review it match by match like we normally do. Also, I got so fucking drunk. I was just like belligerent. Um, you got right into character. I listened back to it and I was like, nobody's ever going to listen to more than this episode. They're going to turn us off five minutes into it and never listen to it again. I and think there was another got... episode on the docket, but we just couldn't get to it because... No, oh, we did. We did. That was the awesome Tanaka watch along that I never aired because it was so bad. Oh. Which at some point I'll probably put it up. Okay. But it was just okay. so... I was just... I was like in a blackout, you know? Yeah, you're trying to um, watch it through one eye open. Right, exactly. So Scott, <laughs> you recently said that you listened to the WrestleMania 4 and you're like, dude, that show deserves a better episode than we gave it. We need to redo it. So I said, let's redo it for our our season three premiere. So here we are redoing WrestleMania four. Um, if you do want to hear it, it's going to be up Podbean only lets you keep a hundred episodes up. I think this is gonna be episode 80. So that one will be up till early next year, you know, March or something. So go back and check it out. I didn't take it down or anything, but, um, you have until about then to check it out. If you want to, if you're some kind of masochist who wants to sit through that. Well, it's, it's probably my shining moment in this podcast. Cause I pretty much had to carry it. Cause Adam didn't watch the show. You were fucking right. hammered. So I was kind of like playing host and walking through the matches and Adam's responding. You're being drunk. Like, it, and what's funny is like, and we'll get into this, but it's Eddie, it's mine and your favorite WrestleMania of all time. And it's my favorite pay-per-view. Yeah. Right. And, and in discussing the homage that we paid to it originally, it was like, we could do better. So this is our Much attempt better. to do better in the season three. Yeah. Premiere. Right, we're fixing what we fucked up. <laughs> exactly, yes. On night one. <laughs> yeah. Literally, that might have been, what, the first or second? No, I think it was the second episode we recorded. Maybe even the third. It was the second or third, but it was our first set of tapings. Yes, yeah. definitely the first And night. I just, I don't even know what I drank, but I was just a disaster. Well, you know, you, you've learned to control yourself over the years, so. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. You're a much better a much drunk more mature. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Let me let me uh, slam this glass of Campari so I can open this next beer. I should have brought my bottle of Blackened up because my drink is empty. Need me well, to text Shannon? No, she's not going to come up here and make me a drink. I don't feel comfortable asking <laughs> a twelve-year-old to do it. So, do you want to run down and get it whilst uh, Adam and I just kind of get into the beginning of the show before the first match? Yeah. You want to do that? Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This will be the equivalent of me in San Diego going to drop a deuce while the recording is going on. There you go, which was our second recording. Correct. Okay, I'm going to run downstairs real quick. I'll be right back. Okay. This will be like that... What's... No, there's nothing like this. Yeah, never mind. Moments <laughs> passed. Okay. Again, this is our uh, redo, or take two, of WrestleMania four. Uh, this is season four, episode one, on Pacock. Taking place in Atlantic City, 1988, which, by the way, is in fact the year of our Lord. So, uh, it's in the convention center, humongous fucking place. This is, uh, this will be the first of two consecutive there. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I'm glad Just you said it was in the. That. I'm glad you said it was in the convention center because they build. So it's Atlantic City. They called it Trump Plaza. I didn't find out until like a year ago, I think after we recorded the failed episode of this, um, it was not in Trump Plaza. It was in the Atlantic City Convention Center. Trump Plaza was the sponsor of it, so they just claimed it just was Trump claimed, Plaza. Just claimed, put, put the name on it. But it wasn't. It wasn't actually in... 
there, it was not in the Trump Plaza hotel. It was told, it was next door in the convention center. So that was a little bit of smoke and mirrors that they had going on back then. Illusions. Um, It was also, it was also the last of the gimmicky WrestleManias. Um, And I wish Scott were here for this because I think he would have some input on this, but because you had WrestleMania one, which was the first one. So that's Mm -hmm. the gimmick. The second one they did in three cities, New York, Chicago, and LA three was the first one they did in the, in the stadium. And then um, this one was a tournament. So after, after this one, then it turned I guess you could maybe call five a little bit of a gimmick because it was in the same city two years in a row, but basically having like a, a catch to it like that. Like this was the all end of the that. matches would then be like, everything is just high stakes or yeah. Yeah. They, or it's kind of like how uh survivor series. Uh, what was it? Two years ago, instead of the pay-per-view that happened to have survivor series matches, it turned into the bragging rights or the war between the three brands, SmackDown, Raw and NXT. Yeah. So the, okay. yeah, right. So the gimmick with this was the, tournament but that was sort of the end of it after that they just became wrestlemania they didn't have anything that necessarily made it unique other than like the main event yeah um yeah we don't need to force the wrestling classic into wrestlemania just let wrestlemania be wrestlemania well yeah but this is way better than the wrestling classic oh yes yes yeah there were still some elements there and i'll I'll try to chime in uh uh time to time but yeah yeah so you've got so much um, better (laughs) So it starts out with Mean Gene introducing Gladys Knight singing America the Beautiful, mm-hmm. which I think this is only the second year it was the America the Beautiful, but I could be wrong because Aretha Franklin sang that. Um, but I think it was the national anthem the two years previous to that. And then um, you got Jesse and Gorilla with Bob Euchre on commentary. Euchre's there for part of it, but not for all of it. He's there early on. I think just for the first match, actually. Just for the Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, but he's the big celebrity. Um, and then we get to the show. Dude, Rock and Robin didn't stand a chance at WrestleMania Five of following up Gladys fucking Knight. Oh, I didn't even think about that. And it was in the same building. Yeah, what an embarrassment. Huh? How do you follow up Gladys Knight and at WrestleMania Five be like, "Oh, guys, here's Rock and Robin to sing." <laughs> they should have had Mean Gene do it again. Fuck it. <laughs> Rock and fucking Robin following Gladys Knight. Get out of here. Yeah, Gene was gonna be there anyway. They had to bring Robin in for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> dude you know what i like too and i don't know if you guys talked about this because i got i just got back with my drink welcome back scott hey thanks guys um jesse kind of as gorilla's going through the car jesse kind of shortchanged gorilla on the conversation on that and got right back to the heavyweight title tournament because it was such a big deal and i'm sure you talked about that Eddie. like that was really the draw of this show and i think the tournament and i think jesse did a good job as he and gorilla were leading off Kind of avoid not not necessarily avoiding conversation about like the tag title match, the IC title match, but really turning the conversation back to the heavyweight title match or tournament because this was right. such well, a monumental thing in the WWF at the time it had never been done before. Well, it was done in Rio in 1963. Oh, right, right, right. That highly attended event in Rio de Janeiro. Right. They had all the great matches over there and tournaments and shit it, we never got to see. Yeah, and you know, we would have seen it if they'd allowed photographers. Right. Or, mm-hmm. you know, at least gotten reviews of the matches if they'd allowed journalists. But uh, there was a media blackout. Oh, that's what it was. Well, yeah. maybe one day we'll get like long lost footage of the Rio de Janeiro Intercontinental Title Tournament. God will. Pat Patterson won. <laughs> no, no, no. Bruno won. Oh, wait, wait, wait. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no, that was not. Yeah, I always think Bruno won the title in in Rio. It's Patterson. That wasn't 63. That was like 78. Right. Um, no, Bruno actually beat Buddy Rogers. So. You're drunk. My his, my, I'm not. Just I'm a little off tonight. <laughs> Happens. I, this is a Wednesday. I told you it was a long. It was a long weekend, and yeah, we're I'm drinking on a Wednesday. Yeah, like you said, you're retoxing. <laughs> the opening match Ooh. would be a battle royal invitational for a trope as referred to a trophy that is taller than euchre. <laughs> <laughs> I never caught that. <laughs> One, I think uh, Jesse probably uh, said it at some point. I've but, probably seen the show 40 yeah. times and I never caught it. I that. didn't either. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Do you have the list of who's in the Battle Royal or uh, should I read mine? Uh, go for it. I didn't put the list. It was just Okay, uh, here we go. If it's a the lot, Har- then yeah. The Hart Foundation, The Young Stallions, Sika, Danny Davis, The Killer Bees, Bad News Brown, Sam Houston, The Rougeos, Ken Payers, which is Ken Patera, autocorrect, uh, Ron Bass, Junkyard Dog, The Bolsheviks, Hillbilly Jim, Harley Race, George the Animal, who was outside, and that's the match. It was a who's who of 80s wrestling. Of 80s lower mid-card wrestling and tag teams, because all the tag teams were in it. Right. So you got the Heart Foundation, the Young Stallions, the Killer Bees, and the Rougeos. Um, And then it's like, yeah, Ken Patera was one of those guys who was like, a, at this point, was like a lower mid-card guy. Lower mid-card, correct. Right. Um, Ron Bass was never more than a lower mid-card guy. I guess Dog would have been a more of an upper mid-card guy, but he was on his way out at this well, point. Well, he was, but in my estimation, was still the favorite to win this thing. Yeah, that makes Given sense. Given the names um, in the ring. Yeah, George the Animal, you know. Um, well, George the Animal was super old, but I, he just looked so weird, you couldn't tell that he right. was old. You know what I mean? Like, I never had any idea how old George, Anim- George the Animal was till like, the 90s, and they were like, oh, he's 75 or something. I was like, oh, like, shit. Holy shit. How old was he when I was watching him? Yeah. I mean, so the, the big stars of it would have been, yeah, Dog, and then, the, um, well, not I shouldn't say stars, but Heart Foundation, and I guess to an extent, the Rougeos uh, would be kind of the ones who were, Well, Bad know. News Brown well, was also. Oh, and Brown. Yeah, and Brown. gigantic Yeah, star. yeah. Right, right. And let's also point out that the so, Sika that you mentioned is not the porn star Sika that many of us know and love, but Sika... No, the, the S-I-K-A, Correct. not S-E-E-K-A. Correct. Yes. Let's yeah. clear that up. So Sam Houston and Sika are out like immediately, like in seconds. And right away, Euchre's talking about Vanna White and how he's supposed to meet her, and which will come up later. And then Anvil's out third, which was pretty quick. Boom, boom, yeah. boom. Um. And then it was really kind of uneventful. Not a lot happened. Uh, the animals outside the whole time. And then around five minutes, you get a lot of eliminations. Yeah. It was like the referee started calling for him. Just like, right. okay, guys, we got to start taking this thing home. He started yelling times at him, I think. Yeah. Um, Jim Powers does a fireman's carry and tosses someone backwards outside, but I couldn't see who it was. And there was no replay, but it was kind of cool. And then you have Patera toss Nikolai for like a little USA moment. Uh, Because, you know, he was like the Olympian. And then um, Harley, dude, the way Harley went out of the ring was so great. He took a shot from Dog and he did that flip, you know, that backflip over the top. God damn, he had to be in his 60s at that point, right? I don't know if he was that old, but he was easily 50. You know, I mean, he was like in his 50s. Yeah. Yeah. He was an older dude. He did that thing where he hooks his arms and just flips, flips out backwards and lands on his feet. And I think he ended up landing on his ass, but he did it perfectly. Like Harley was athletic. Oh, very much so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
And he was, I think, the last one before you get down to where it's Dog, Brett, and um, Bad News. Bad News Brown. Yeah, and Bad News and Brett team up on on um, Dog. They're like over there, like whispering to each other and shit. But and, and you start to think this is going to be like the '88 Rumble, right? Because it was a two-on-one versus Hacksaw, and then now you've got this four battle royal, a two-on-one against Dog. You're thinking, okay, they're going with the same script. At least I did. See, that's interesting because I didn't even I hadn't seen that in so long. But you're right, and that would have been just like three months before this. Right, exactly, and that's kind of yeah. what I thought they were going for again. And I'm like, okay, cool, Junkyard Dog's going to win. I'm totally happy with that. Yeah. So, long story short, they toss uh, Dog, and then they pretend to win together. You know, like they, I mean, well, I guess Brett thinks they're going to share it, but Bad yeah. News doesn't. He's as like, hey as, guys, we did it. Right. As soon as Brett turns his back, he takes a Ghetto Blaster. Because what time was it, Eddie? It's Ghetto Blaster time, fool. Right. That actually took me like half a second. I didn't know what you're, where, where you're going with that. <laughs> I was getting a little concerned I was going to have to finish that one for you, but well done. Sir. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then he ends up just, beat, he beats him down a little bit. He doesn't just hit him with the ghetto blaster. He shoots him into the turnbuckle. He takes that, you know, chest chest shot to the turnbuckle. That popped Euchre, by the way. Oh, Euchre flipped out. Yeah, he couldn't believe that when he yeah, saw that. He was, all I could do was say like Jesus Christ into his microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then that was it. Brett gets tossed. And um, bad news wins. He gets the trophy, and then Brett comes in and jumps him and uh, beats the trophy up. <laughs> Apparently, Brett is so gentle in the ring, he barely broke the trophy. Well, it's actually not that. Um, he mentioned this in his book. He said that the day before the trophy like broke, like it fell over and broke or something like that. Ah, oh. so they so they had some. I think he said carpenters. Uh, reinforce the trophy so it wouldn't just break. I don't know where they got this trophy from, dude. Like, they got it from Wish or something. Um, <laughs> so the trophy got reinforced, but they they must have reinforced it with, like, fucking rebar or something. Because then he couldn't break it. Like, he's stomping it and it's, nothing's happening. Like, you, it should explode. you think it would explode, but it's, nothing's happening to it. He's barely denting it. Yeah, and, dude, he wasn't doing much damage I mean, at all. It, it's got to be a mock trophy. They probably just had to get it by... You know, like throwing the balls at the bottles on, at the boardwalk there and just get, do a good uh, spray paint job on it. <laughs> yeah, and it finally broke a little bit when he tossed it out of the ring and it hit like a garbage can or something. Like, what's that thing there on the aisle? I think that was uh, probably a stand for the trophy or something. Oh, you're probably right. Yeah, that's yeah. probably what the trophy was on at first. Okay. So that was or, kind of the saving grace to him destroying the trophy was it finally did bust up outside the ring. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and then it was great. And Bad News you... Brown didn't even seem concerned. Like, oh, you broke my trophy. But... He's like, ah, fuck the trophy. <laughs> yeah, he just got out of there. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, and then Euchre goes on to explain that that's why he never wanted to be MVP because guys get jealous and things like that happen. <laughs> yes. Classic <laughs> Euchre, dude. Yeah, yeah. He was so great. Really, um, really quick, I just want to add, uh, uh, George Animal Steel looks like the father of Albert. And probably as hairy as Robin Williams. I just shit. Yeah, he looks like he's wearing a sweater. Wait, have we yeah. done a pay per view that Adam watched with George Steele yet? Probably not. Well, this one, but he I... didn't watch it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So this Adam, this was your first time seeing George. No, Steele. no, 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 no. George was at three. He was at three. Adam wasn't there for three. We did that in oh, San you're Diego. Right. You're the right. San Diego experience experiment. Exclusion. Right. Yeah. Ooh. 
Fuck. <laughs> that was yeah, Chris's right. idea. Okay. That was Chris's idea. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, also, when uh, Bad News uh, kicked Brett in the back of the head, Gorilla said, boy, he did a Pearl Harbor job on Brett. Damn. As a yeah, reference, that was... uh, he didn't even see that shit coming. But damn, what a reference, Gorilla. That was one of Gorilla's catchphrases was Pearl Harbor. Yes, oh. it was. Anytime somebody yeah, got jumped from behind, the it was a Pearl Harbor job. Oh, he Pearl Harbored him. I'm yeah, learning and the protuberance. Yeah, well, well, you know, like Gorilla would have been like 30 when Pearl Harbor happened. So that that was like a current reference to him. <laughs> he was probably about 30. Good point. Yeah. yeah. Um so <laughs> after it the Fink is in the ring reading the rules of the tournament while Jesse and Gorilla talk over him. And then Gorilla says, "Let's go to Fink for the rules." <laughs> and then he's done with the rules and he just introduces Robin Leach. God. <laughs> it sounded like so he, was totally... re- he was reading like the holy hand grenade of Antioch instructions. <laughs> the, the book of armaments. Yeah, exactly. Like, Jesus. Yeah, he's going on and on. Yeah, and they're talking over him the whole fucking time. Yeah, say whereas yeah. one more time, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, that was the inspiration for Eddie's new catchphrase. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Whereas. Also, uh,. While Robin Leach is uh, reading it, I mean, it's a gold-colored scroll, so it would figure maybe fancy writing. It's not. There's a, uh, there's a transition, and they zoom in to see that everything is typed up, and then uh, Robin <laughs> Leach wrote some notes on it. So, in other words, he defaced a fucking scroll. Yeah, the scroll How was dare gold he? like his teeth. <laughs> it just makes well me- he must maybe he was writing notes to say things like in American pronunciation like he's writing it phonetically yeah but you do that on another piece of paper or the napkin at the shitty bar that you ended up where you didn't get laid <laughs> you, that's where you do it you don't deface a scroll <laughs> um Adam Robin Lee just never been to a bar and not gotten laid so this is true okay yeah, yeah. Wait, wait Adam yeah. do you know where Robin Leach is from yes okay Richard. yes Perfect. Do you know where Bob Euchre is from? Yes. Okay. Excellent. Yes. I know you're a sports guy, but he's way before time. Just a bit outside. But we have to ask because this is like, I think you weren't even born yet in 88, right? Or were I you? I was. No? I was. You were 87. Okay. Yes. You were 87. So you were like one year old, maybe. I was, I don't, I don't even think I was aware of things by this point. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know when, like, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous went away. I don't remember when Bob Euchre stopped being, like, an icon Mis- in pop Mr. culture. Mr. Baseball. Yeah. yeah, whenever, yeah. whenever Alf when Alf got canceled. Or not Alf, Mr. Belladier. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So th- these are good, like, uh, timestamps for Adam to kind of find out, did you know about? Right. Yep. Okay, so let's get into the first match because uh, we're a half hour into this and we have 15 matches, I think. Jesus, let's blow through them. <laughs> Luckily, none of them are more than like six minutes. This is a drunk podcast, still. Yeah. Round it's one. Like an entire pay-per-view of Divas matches. <laughs> For round one, each of these are 15-minute time limits. Our opening match uh, for this tournament is Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Ted DiBiase with Virgil and Andre the Giant. So apparently Andre wasn't worried about warming up for his match because he comes out to this match in a suit. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think he'd be in his gear already kind of stretching and shit, but nah, he's a, I'll come out in my whatever whatever he's warped. I'll just overpower. Straight, he probably came straight from the bar. 
For the sake of <laughs> argument, maybe he had a singlet on underneath. Well, yeah, that's possible. But I mean, how much time does that save? I doubt it, though, because he was wasn't wearing his wrestling boots. So no, he was. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, fuck it, I'm fine, guys. Yeah, this isn't my first rodeo. It's just hacksaw. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so you got Teddy Biasi, who's a great, great wrestler, and you got hacksaw, who's a more of a brawler. Um, so they get going. Ted takes a, a really cool flip to the floor off of an atomic drop. And really early on, Gorilla said it's turned into a Pier 6 brawl. Wasn't that Gordon Soli's catchphrase? Mm, I remember uh, Gorilla for that one. Okay, I don't really remember Gorilla saying it, but I've heard a lot of um, like clips of Gordon. You know, I haven't really watched a lot of Gordon Soli, but I've seen a lot of clips of him, and I swear he's, I've heard him say that a bunch of times. Like, I thought he was known for that. I guess shit but... really went down on Pier 6. Oh, Pier 6 is fucked, dude. You don't want to come anywhere near that. I guess not. Um, so it's a really short match. Hacksaw goes to... Uh, hit that clothesline where he charges. He charges from the corner like um, when Roman does a spear. Right. Andre grabs his foot and, you know, you can, I don't know, you look at Hacksaw's eyes, you can see how well his brain works. He turns around <laughs> to go after Andre. Yeah, smart. And he takes a knee to the back from Ted and a punch in the face from Andre. Yeah, at the same and time. The, that's pretty Yeah, and the pretty referee's good. looking right at it but doesn't see it. I guess that's how fast Andre was. He blinked. Let's see. And boom, one, two, three, and that matches it. Um, it was probably about a minute and a half or you know, maybe two minutes or so. Yeah. Nothing to write home about for sure. That, but you can say that about a lot of these first round matches. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you get Ted with a really easy win, right? He, he, it was a couple minutes. He had help from Andre. He didn't even really, he took a couple hits, but that was it. Ted just kind of cruised right through that match. Yeah. Then after that, you get a backstage interview with, um, Brutus, being interviewed by Gene and Brutus's hair is awesome, <laughs> but I never noticed how his hair was kind of thinning that early on. Like he sort of looked like a balding Kip winger. You're right, and dude, when I was watching this, because I did see this at the Coliseum on closed circuit, as a yeah. kid, I didn't notice that at all. He was Brutus the fucking barber beefcake. He was a badass. I did not notice thinning hair, but I did notice those bugged out eyes. How much coke do you think Brutus was on during this show? Yes. Well, who else was on the show with him? Um, Hacksaw. There's your contact. Hacksaw. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I was going to say, Sean wasn't there yet. Sheik was gone, but yeah, Hacksaw. Yeah. Um, Hacksaw's the hookup. Yeah, Brutus Brutus might have been having a good time. Oh, I, and the Hogan interview later. Like, we haven't even gotten to that yet. Brutus was sure. Oh, I think Hogan. Yeah, yeah. All uh, right, moving on. That mat, uh, The next match would be Dino Bravo with Frenchie Martin taking on Don Morocco, and uh, he's with Billy Graham. So what would... Jesse made some joke about Superstar saying, I'll be back, that made no sense. That had to be an inside joke, right? It was some kind of Terminator joke with um, Superstar? No, it wasn't a joke. Remember, he had gotten attacked by Gang, and Gang put him out of action like he attacked his hip, but that was real because Superstar needed hip surgery. And Superstar said, I'll be back. Like, I'll be back to wrestle in the ring. Oh, That's what Jesse okay. was talking about. It never came to be, of course, but that's what okay. he was alluding okay. to. I'm thinking this is like, I mean, it wasn't right after Terminator, but it was a few years after Terminator. I thought it was some kind of inside joke. Totally forgot about all that. Okay. No, this was even um, after Predator, dude. Like, yeah, no, it was not a reference to Arnold right. at all. Okay. Um, why was Frenchie... Frenchie was like the second most useless manager after Oliver Humperdinck. 
Why was he dressed? Was he in a, was he dressed like a painter? That like he was in like a smock. Yeah, that's how I read it. Like he's like the dude who's always in Murphy Brown's house. Like he's just painting constantly or something. That, I didn't get that. That was my take, but I never saw him actually carry a painting to the ring. Right? You think he'd have like or one of those? Uh, what do you call that thing? Um, you know, with the paint on it. Oh, uh, I can't think of what that thing's called. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Bob Ross had one. Yeah, Bob Ross has one. Yeah. Um, ah, shit. A palette. That would have been kind of cool. A palette. That would be kind of cool if he carried that though, and fucking Dino probably could hit someone. Right, he could like throw paint in people's stupid... eyes and shit. <laughs> yeah, right. Hit him with a paintbrush. Right. I'd use white all the time. Make it like Bukaki. Yeah. Um. So it's another one of these matches. There's not a whole lot going on. Morocco does a hangman in the ropes by his neck. Which is a really weird spot for a preliminary match. Well, it totally is. Hey, how about Morocco, like being inspired by Mongo before we had Mongo by doing that weird move where he went to the second rope and like did that weird elbow splash thing? Do you remember? What- oh yeah, 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 yeah. It seemed like he was going for kind of a quicker style in this match and his next match. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if he was trying to change up. The, the kind of ground and pound that he was before or like more of the mat technician right. but he was trying to do some different things and I don't think it worked too well for him in this in this event not really no I mean it was okay um he um what did he do he, he took a file he he took he took a pile driver right or he gave Bravo a pile driver uh I think he took a, he took a pile driver he took the pile driver Two count, and then they do a double down right after that, which was another weird thing to happen in a match that was so short. Right. Um, then you get a ref bump. Yep. And was it Morocco's charging at Bravo? Bravo pulls the ref in front of yeah, him. Yeah, and Morocco hits him with like a forearm. Yeah, and then he hits uh, Bravo with the side slam, and then the ref gets up and DQs Morocco, which you think he's DQing Bravo. No, he DQed Bravo. But... Oh, I'm sorry. He, yeah, you think he? Yeah, you think he's DQing Morocco. Well, what's funny is, yeah, you're right. Bravo hit the side slam, pins Morocco, and the referee slaps three times on Dino's back. Right. So Dino thinks he's won. Right. Really weird. Yeah, it was weird a weird way finish. To indicate so, it. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, so this is the second match of the first round with kind of a weird finish. Yep. And then Morocco had weird Olympics music, like a weird Olympic type music, which you would have thought would have been like Kim Patera's music. Yeah, it was strange, but I don't remember if that was uh, Superstar Billy Graham's music. I don't know. It might have been. Like he adopted um, it because Billy Graham became his manager and he was inspired by Billy Graham. I, I don't know. To be honest, I'm not even sure that that was his original music because someone later on, I have it in my notes, but I forget who it is. Oh, Rick Rude. He has different music on the show. Oh, good point. Yeah, good point. Yeah, so I'm not sure this was his original music, but if it's not, well, whether it is or not, it was weird music. It was. It didn't really go well on tie-dye. No, but I, you know what? I, like, thinking back to that, I the original airing, I think that was Morocco's music. Okay. Yeah, I think it was. Rick Roots for sure was not, but I think Morocco's was. Okay, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Um, then you get a Euchre interview backstage with Honky Tonk Man, and Euchre is doing a really good job as a babyface interview, and I was like, why didn't they hire him full-time? And I'm not sure. I'd have to go back. I'd have to look it up, but I'm not sure if, if this is... Well, he was doing play-by-play for the Brewers, though, yeah. right? 
So I guess he had a full time gig. He probably couldn't have taken a job there. Yeah, but he would have he would have done a great job. Like he would have been really. Oh, good I agree. At it. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, he was. And that was it. And then we get into the next match. That next match is Greg the Hammer Valentine versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat with Child. <laughs> In a matching outfit, no less. Yeah, he was like a little dragon. Um, right. Yeah, he brings him out and he holds him up over his head like um, Lion like the Lion King. Yeah, or like um, before Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson on a balcony. Yeah, I was going to say oh, that Michael shit. Jackson holding the kid off the balcony was like that. It was really <laughs> weird. He's like dis- displaying the child to everyone. <laughs> He's about to throw him into the crowd like a t-shirt. Yeah, and it definitely I, did not make him look I was tough. scared of that a little bit. Even, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, wrestler comes out with accessories, you just take it off and throw it over the ropes. I was like, that's a fucking <laughs> human. Don't do that. <laughs> like Bam Bam with Spike Dudley. Just launch him into the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> um so early on uh dragon does his famous arm drags did you hear what gorilla said about that that it was a deep arm drag he called it the excellence of execution ah you're right yes he did yeah and i was like oh that's probably the first time i've ever heard that or you know yeah, anyone he might have heard coined that. it right there i knew gorilla coined that phrase but i didn't know he coined it about you know that long before and about the dragon so that's a f- fun little uh drunk fact a fun WrestleMania 4 drunk fact. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Valentine takes a drop kick to the back. He hits the ropes and falls back. Steam ro- Steamboat goes for a roll-up and misses him. Valentine falls right in front of him, so there was some kind of little miscommunication there. Or yeah. either that or Gra- Valentine actually did trip backing up off the ropes. Which is weird, because with these two guys in the ring, you're not expecting a botch. Not at all. Yeah. And as Steamboat takes a bump one, at one point, he lands on his external occipital protuberance, which you mentioned earlier. <laughs> Area. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Obviously. And, um, obviously, that's what he hit. Right, right. I mean, and, yeah, you land. Yeah. And getting yeah. hit there. We all knew it when we saw getting it. Getting hit there is no joke. <laughs> right. Oh, no. That that protuberance is. Yeah. You could, yeah, you could take some damage there. It could put you out of action. Um, <laughs> uh, the chops these guys gave each other. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I mean, what more can you say, dude? These I thought someone might I mean, have aside, aside from Flair. I mean, these guys could fucking throw them, dude. Yeah, they were chopping the shit out of each other. I mean, they were loud, they were stiff, like their chests were all fucked up from it. It was pretty cool. Yeah, which was great when Steamboat went to the NWA later and faced Flair because these guys would just beat the shit out of each other's chest doing mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, then Hammer hits a karate chop, a karate chop off the top rope, which was stupid. And yeah. then Ricky Steamboat did it, which was equally stupid. <laughs> and um, then the ref gets between him in the corner, and Steamboat got really handsy with him. That was weird. It was like, okay, are they teasing a heel turn here a little mm-hmm. bit? Right. Usually the heel will be working the baby face over in the corner, and he'll like yeah. push the referee away. But no, it was Steamboat. Yeah, like kind of threw him. It was like, whoa. And even Gorilla commented on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, finish of the match, uh, Steamboat goes for a crossbody up the top. Hammer reverses it, pins him with a handful of tights. Yep. And so in it, my mind, huge upset. Big upset. You would have thought Steamboat... So you, going into this, you would have thought Steamboat could have won. For sure. Going into this, I thought that they were going to angle for a WrestleMania 3 rematch. Because you had the Hogan-Andre right. rematch. The other big match of WrestleMania 3 was Ricky Steamboat and Macho Man Savage. Would have made perfect sense. Yeah. And they were within the same bracket to be able to make that happen. Yeah. But for whatever reason, they just... Nope, Ricky was gone first round. See you later. 
And if you notice at the end of the match, he kind of waves goodbye to the crowd. And oh, he I didn't was, catch that. Yeah, yeah, he was gone shortly was after gracious this. Gracious, or so. Oh well, weird. that would be well, that would be why he didn't go past the first round. Then probably. Yes, he was gone shortly after this, and thankfully so, because then he did go on to the NWA, as I mentioned earlier, and had those great series of matches with Flair. Right, right, okay. Um, yeah, and storyline-wise, it would have made sense, the way Macho Man's matches went, it would have made sense for him to have to wrestle Ricky Steamboat, too. Oh, it would have been fantastic. I mean, that was, yeah. I didn't want to see Hogan Andre, too. I wanted to see Steamboat Savage, too. Yeah. Oh, that definitely would have been the better match, because we soon we see what happens with uh, Hogan Andre, too. Exactly. Um, but so that's another match that was sort of a weird finish. I mean, it was not a weird, weird one, but it was a handful of tights. So right. Another match. controversial finish. Right. Three of three. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, you know, we should have gone over the brackets to start, but uh, I guess we didn't. We don't need to. If the listeners no. are following along, I think they're intelligent enough to be like, okay, these are the brackets. Well, you know what? I'll read, I'll go into, I'll read the brackets after we finish the first round. Okay. Just, just to give an update. Because we see that there is a an organized, well put together bracket, visually. And yes, can I also say that. that it's a good thing Lord Alfred Hayes was not present when Vanna White was giving her oh. picks on the board. Oh, thank goodness! He wouldn't, he wouldn't have been able to control himself. Definitely not. <laughs> Hard to stand with a boner, dude. His... Yeah, if he couldn't control himself around Susan, imagine <laughs> what he would have done with Vanna White. Oh man, him he'd and be, Euchre would have fought. He'd be buying yeah. vowels all day. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he uh, next uh, really quick. Mean Gene is backstage with Matilda and the British Bulldogs with Coco Beware. And I don't even know what they said. Oh, they said things. Oh, I uh, mean, they just kind of babbled. It was just like it was concentration weird on the dog. I was yeah, yeah. I was too busy being like Matilda is so fucking cute, dude. Yeah, like ugly cute though, you know? Oh, totally. Yeah, look at her teeth. The way that they jut yeah. out like that. She's yeah. fucking adorable. Yeah, it was great. She was on steroids too. <laughs> Who wasn't? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone in that room was on steroids to Mean Gene. <laughs> I'll tell you, rough. Okay. <laughs> the next match is the natural Butch Reed with Slick versus Macho Man Randy Savage with Miss Elizabeth. Macho Man and Liz come out in matching blue and they look so fucking good together. Yes. Right? They just look like a fucking... I don't even know what to say. But they just looked awesome together. Power couple. Power couple. Power couple. Yeah. Um, Not much of a match, but Macho gets his ass kicked. Yeah, he did. He did. He Butch Reed beat him the fuck down the whole match until he he goes up to the top rope or he's gonna go to the top rope and he starts fucking talking shit to Elizabeth. He got a little lazy and almost, like he's kind of taking his time, he's talking shit to Elizabeth. He got cocky. Right. Yeah, and then um, Macho ends up tossing him off the top rope, hit him with an elbow, and pins him. And it was a short match. It was only a few minutes long. Yeah. Um four minutes and nine seconds. But Macho Man took a four-minute, nine-second fucking beating, and this is the first match we have that doesn't have a weird finish. Yeah, clean. Well, mostly clean, I guess. I mean, Elizabeth didn't exactly interfere, but Butch Reed kind of dragged her into it. But uh, Butch Reed is another one, and we'll kind of. This is kind of a list that forms for WrestleMania four tournament matches. Butch Reed is another one that was gone shortly after four. Mm-hmm. I barely. I mean, I mostly remember Butch Reed from this. Uh, well, he did beat Coco at three. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he fucked Coco up at three, didn't he? He really did. And you're thinking, yeah. okay, 
big deal guy, and up to four after three didn't really do too much. And here you go after four, Butch Reed's pretty much gone. And much like Ricky Steamboat, went on to do much bigger things in the NWA slash WCW. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Became part of Doom, tag team champions, did some big things there. Yeah. Um. So after that, Euchre's backstage with a picture of Vanna White. <laughs> and Heenan and the Islanders come out and just talk a bunch of shit to him. Channeling his inner Lord Afford Hayes. <laughs> yeah. No, he didn't finish on it, Adam. But he, at this point, channeling, anyway. channeling the energy. Yeah. <laughs> Hina was so great. And again, the greatest of all time. Yeah. In terms everything he did was gold. Everything from performing in the ring to talking, be it as a manager, as a commentator. It didn't matter. The dude could do it all. The greatest of all time. Absolutely. Yep. Also, no doubt. Uh, Haku is standing right in front of Tama the entire time. What a dick. So, I bet he yeah. did that <laughs> shit on purpose. Probably. I didn't even catch that. <laughs> uh, but uh, the next match would be One Man Gang with Slick taking on Bam Bam Bigelow with Oliver Humperdinck. Uh, Bam Bam had weird saxophone music. Yes, he did. Like a faster Val Venus song. <laughs> Good point. Good point. <laughs> it's a weird, weird, weird music for that guy. And then you throw Oliver Humperdinck it. in. You're like, what are they going for here? Yeah, and Humperdinck looked like the fucking Wizard of Oz or some shit. I don't even know what that guy looked like. He looked like an idiot. Yeah, um, really fucking bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Bam Bam didn't need anyone with him. No. I can't even remember. I don't even remember a promo where Humperdinck talked for him. I'm sure he did. But that's how bad he was that he as much... 80s wrestling as I've watched in my life I don't remember a single Humperdinck promo or anything about him as a personality or even how he helped his protege or the guy he was managing or, like yeah or that like yeah exactly at least French used to carry around a paint palette and throw paint in people's faces we should have <laughs> he should have um, but it was a this is a cool big man versus big man it was a this match was a great big man versus a great big man this was actually the one match out of the entire first round that when I was watching this live, I was the most excited about because Bigelow, I've said he's, if it's not Vader, it's Bigelow in terms of the greatest big man of all time. My opinion. Right. But even back in 88, yeah. Bigelow was special, dude. Like you could just tell. He was awesome. Yeah. He was amazing. A big dude that could go was agile, could actually have a good match. And mm -hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, going into this pay-per-view, I actually had Bigelow as one of my favorites to win it all. So this match on paper to me, as you mentioned, a good big man match. I was super excited for this one. And it really doesn't, didn't disappoint until the finish. Yeah, it was pretty cool back and forth. I mean, they beat the shit out of each other. It was your typical big man match. Yep. It was your typical big man match, which, which is always fun. I mean, I, I think there's a place on every show for a big man versus big man match. Right. Um, that's one of the cool things about wrestling is the variety in the matches. So I always like to see that. But uh, yeah, the finish was um, Bam Bam hit the ropes and Slick pulled the rope down. Yes, as the Slick referee would like to do. Yeah, the referee looked right at Slick <laughs> when he did it. <laughs> he didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, he, he didn't do anything, but maybe it was invisible when it happened because Jesse didn't see it either somehow. Oh, that's unlike Jesse to not see a heel do something like that. Yeah, and then Bam Bam Especially Bam's when he's lost. looking right at it. Right. Yeah, and then... Uh, Selective uh, vision. 
Bam Bam lost by DQ, right? Mm-mm. Got counted out. Got counted oh, out. I mean, I'm sorry. That's what I meant. That's what I meant to say. Count As out. he was standing on the apron. He was on the apron. He was almost in. And but, you could tell there all... were going to be some oh, shenanigans. Oh, but Gang was trying to keep him out, though, right? Gang wasn't letting him in. Correct. Yeah, but... Yeah, so what kind of... So the referee should stop the count at that point. Gang stopping so. him from getting in. You would yeah. think so. And the ref wasn't making it obvious, unless that was just how they did it back then. Well, t- see, Adam, watching enough wrestling back then, I knew this was up to no good, because you never saw a guy get counted when he was on the apron. And so when I was right, watching okay. this match live, and I could see the referee yelling out numbers at Bigelow as he was standing on the apron, I was like, fuck. Bigelow's going to lose this match by countout. And sure as yeah. shit, he's standing on the apron because I thought maybe he'd clock gang and then hit that finish where he'd slingshot himself over the top rope. But that never came to be. He got counted out and game over. Gang wins. Makes sense. Yeah. So it's another first round match with a weird finish. Exactly. Yeah. Totally weird finish. You didn't see shit like that in your normal run of the mill, like Saturday programming or primetime yeah. wrestling. Those finishes didn't happen. Right, and it's well because they were all squash matches. Right, um, and it kind of makes sense because none of these, like a lot of these matches, were parts of feuds that were not finished. Yes, so it was kind of like your fifty-fifty type booking scenario, and we'll get into that with the next match. But so it's like, I think of all the times I've, like I said earlier, I probably watched this show forty times. I don't think I ever caught until this time when I was watching it and really taking notes and shit. I don't think I ever really noticed that every match except the Macho Man match had a weird finish yeah. on the first round. Yep. And then, yeah, and then when you look at what the company was going to look like over the next six months or whatever, it makes sense how they why they did it like that. Yep. And at least they kind of made a point of doing them all differently. Yeah, and then again, you at the end of the first round, a lot of names were gone from the WWF. Okay, well, months. I'm going to go through the... I'll go through the bracket on the next one um, after the next match, and we'll okay. we'll talk about who's gone. Okay. Uh, before that, um, uh, Mean Gene is backstage with Hogan, who has a beautiful story to tell. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful. Oh, you mean the one about? It. You mean the one the one he's gonna uh, completely separate the Eastern Seaboard from the rest of the country, and it's gonna sink into the ocean when he slams the. The 650-pound Andre the Giant. Yeah, the fault line from Tampa to New York is going to open up. Exactly. Yeah, the craziest thing about this was Andre died a few days after their last match, so I don't even know how he was planning on doing this. We'll see. Hogan brought him back to life so they could make some money at four. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you brought him back for being a Hulkster in heaven, brother. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah, no reason like, why he's referred to as the immortal Hulk. <laughs> yeah, basically his promo is about he's going to slam Andre and Trump Tower's going to fall into the sea and the whole eastern side of the country is going to fall into the sea and donald trump's going to be clinging on to trump tower or to or what's it called the trump plaza with one hand with his family under the other arm right and then he's going to grab on a hogan's back and hogan's going to swim him to safety which i assume would be pennsylvania <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right yeah he's swim him to philadelphia <laughs> backstroke him brother backstroke him it was like an ultimate warrior promo almost like, hogan didn't usually say shit like that i think this was the point where they started to have a one-off with each other like all right who can give the craziest batshit promo <laughs> like what the hell man well or he'd been hanging out with brutus like you alluded to earlier that's yes very true they're fucking doing yeah. lines in the back and hogan's like brother check this out this is what i'm gonna say on camera and they're gonna air <laughs> that shit too <laughs> I'm going to destroy all of New Jersey, brother. <laughs> Warrior walks in. 
like, I can one-up you on the next one. <laughs> I'm going to talk about space. <laughs> I'm talking about flying a shuttle. <laughs> Fuck. After that, uh, the final match of round one is Ravishing Rick Rude with Bobby the Brain taking on Jake the Snake Roberts. Also, And Jake's... Oh, go ahead. Uh, Rick Rude's... Uh, gets on the microphone says uh the crowd needs to keep quiet while he takes his robe off and show why the odds are in my favorite yeah <laughs> yeah but we'll give him a pass on this okay. one he was young true that's that minnesota vernacular okay. i think this was his first wrestlemania he was nervous okay. yeah that okay that's fair uh but also <laughs> also uh just the concept keep quiet while i take my ro- robe off that's like uh turning off the radio so that you could see better uh, and find a parking spot and to park better. <laughs> you know, that same concept. <laughs> now, is this, the first, is this the first pay-per-view we reviewed with Adam where Rick Rude did a WWF promo? Had, had you not seen Rick yeah, Rude? Yeah, I think it is. Adam? I've seen Rick Rude. I remember he was... He was the Phantom. He was the Phantom. In that and one WCW well, pay-per-view we did. We did WrestleMania five, but I don't remember if he did a promo with that one. I don't recall. Did we do... We did do five. Yeah, we did. We Rock did and Robin. The abomination that was uh, America the Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Okay, so Adam did get to see a Rick... I, I'm pretty sure he did it's a just, Rick Rude promo before. He pretty much it, always did. It's been a day or two. It has. Yeah. It has. Yeah. He was great at those, too. Yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> Are you fat... Oakland eggheads. <laughs> yeah, as a 14-year-old, I'm, I'm like, I'm never fucking taking my wife to a WWF show if this dude's on the card. Yeah, he's going to fuck her after the show. He'll, he's like Steel Panther. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, he's going <laughs> to fuck her like he fucked her mom 20 years before. <laughs> <laughs> he is He's the Steel Panther of wrestling. <laughs> and thank you for the help with the intro music or outro music for this episode. Oh, hey, you're more than welcome. <laughs> uh, so Jake's walking to the ring and I'm looking at him. I'm like, he looks like he's been enjoying Atlantic City. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't even gotten to Jake yet, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they get in there and right, right, boom, right away. It's a little, it's a little bit of action. You know, they trade, they trade body slams early on and they slow it down. And Jake starts wrestling like he's been enjoying Atlantic City. <laughs> hey, man, the snake. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just a lot of holds, a lot of holds until we get a fifth body slam. And I'm like, dude, like this match, now we're at like 10 minutes into the match, and there's been a few body slams, a bunch of holds, and, and one more body slam. And I was like, so spoiler, this match goes into a draw, a time limit draw. And I was like, dude, they just went out there and did fucking Jake was like, I guess he was like, fine, I'll go out there and do 15 minutes, but I ain't doing shit out there, brother. <laughs> <laughs> this was the laziest fucking match I've ever seen in my life. It's so, boring chance. Um, it, it was nothing. It picks up a bit for a minute and then there's a double down. It was a, this match sucked. Yeah. I'll be perfectly honest. I remember this match going to a draw. Mm-hmm. I fast forwarded it. I didn't fast forward it. I wanted I to fast forward it. it. I wanted to fast forward it, but I was like, there's got to be something entertaining in it. Um, and you know what? There was. There was a little diamond in the rough. At one point, Rick Rude um, took a short arm DDT, and when he came up, he had a booger in his mustache. Oh, well, there's <laughs> something. Yeah. There's something. So it goes to a time limit draw, but Fink just calls it a draw. He doesn't even say it's a time limit draw. 
So I guess if you're in the arena, you don't even know what the fuck happened. Interesting. But they knew about the 15-minute time limit. I guess, but it was... Yeah, but I mean, no one's looking at their watch, you know? I think when they're doing a time limit draw, they should start counting it down. Like, they should at least give, like, a one minute. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, good point. Something like yeah. that. Because that'll actually kind of make the last minute exciting. You're like, oh, shit, yeah. something I better happened in the last minute. I that's what they were doing at uh, uh, that WCW Starcade one. <clears throat> like, that, they were aware, therefore they picked up. So Yeah. Right, like when they do the beat the clock yeah. challenges and the, the clock is up on the screen. Mm-hmm. And yep. the guys in the ring can see it. Like that actually adds some kind of yeah. excitement to the end of it. Uh, unless, they could have done that with this. Unless uh, they did have a clock in this humongous ass convention center. They probably put it uh, by the entrance way. Which is, you know, half the length of the entire convention center. So, you know. Yeah, that was true. a long aisle way. Yeah, also the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and that's so after. Yeah, that's round oh, one. Go ahead. Yeah, that's round one. So after that, we get Gene. So we're 59 minutes in, and we're finished with round one. But it's the rest of it goes fast from here. Um, yeah, it's so all downhill getting, from here, guys. Yeah, if you're getting bored with this episode, don't worry. It's not going to be much longer. <laughs> so you Just get two Gene. You get Gene and Vanna White at the tournament board. What's up, you guys? It's Eddie. I'm interrupting this episode because. This just went way too long. We're only about halfway through what we recorded, and I think a two-hour podcast is a little bit much to listen to all at once. I know a lot of people listen to a lot of different podcasts, so I think it's easier to get through if it's way shorter than that. So what we're doing is we're splitting this into two episodes. The next part will be up next week, and that's about an hour long also. So also part of it is we've mentioned a lot of times before the hardest part of the show is coming up with enough episodes to not run out or to not have to take weeks off. We've actually been taking a couple weeks off here and there for that reason. So we're sort of cheating and uh, this gives us one more week of material. So check us out back here next week for part two of WrestleMania 4, take two. Are you ready, baby?